it's Sebastian from the Metal Gods Meltdown, and today I am joined by Billy Bass. It's going to be chatting to you. Congratulations on Ethical Dilemma. It's been out a short while. What's the feedback been like from media and fans so far? Well, Sebastian, I want to start off by thanking you very much for giving me this opportunity to talk about this uh, this very personal album, actually. Um, I've been getting uh, crazy feedback, I mean, uh, in personal messages and uh, on the internet, on the sites and everything that the, uh, the, uh, the album is, uh, is, uh, is doing quite well. Everyone uh, loves this, uh, whoever is a, a progressive metal fan, is, uh, is really uh, uh, astonished by the, the effort that uh, Bob Katsionis and I have, uh, have poured into this album. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a heart and soul of uh, what we're trying to do, which is, uh, I guess, uh, um, the crusade to bring back 90s-style progressive metal music, Sebastian. <laughs> That'd be good, yeah. Um, so did you write a lot of the, the songs during lockdown, and will it be a second album pretty soon? Actually, uh, some things were done during lockdown. Um, the album was uh, definitely written and finished. Uh, uh, the, the compositions were done way before the release. Um, we were done with the album by uh, 2019, and the release came out this February uh, 2022. So uh, definitely the, uh, the uh, coronavirus had an effect on us, on uh, uh, all the, um, the problems with trying to distribute uh, the... the CDs that came out and whatnot. Um, it was uh, it was very difficult, but we knew we had to we had to do the best we can to get this album out there. People needed to hear this. People needed to see what's going on with this kind of music. Um, and uh, yeah, to, to answer your second question, uh, we're definitely uh, uh, going to come out with a second effort and uh, probably even a third one, Sebastian. I think uh, this train has uh, has hit turbo and it's going to go all the way. That's great to hear. So if one of the songs from your album could appear on a TV show or a film, which one would you choose? Um, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? First of all, I don't, I don't watch TV, Sebastian. I haven't watched, uh, I, I haven't opened up the tube for about five years now. I'm really? just sick and tired of the garbage that's going on. Yeah, really. I mean, <laughs> you know, do you know, um, so, you're yeah. the man after my own heart, man. I don't. I've got a TV. And yeah, people, yeah. Think, I'm, people yeah. think I'm fucking weird. Well, I don't want a TV. No, I don't know. I think I think you got to be like, um, uh, like a, a serious person that understands what's happening around him to not open up the goddamn television. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you know, I'm I'm totally not into the you know those um, uh, the the stories that go back and forth, the fake news that's happening, yeah. and uh, the big brothers and the big sisters and the who's uh, screwing who and all that stuff. I I can't get into that. I was never into that. I'm 50 years old now. I'm definitely not going to get into something like that. So, so that takes uh, the television right out of your question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but what about a film then? I mean, I mean, I don't know. What about a film? What about James Bond or something like that? Wow, oh, wow, James Bond. Yeah. Well, you know, who who could say no to James Bond? I mean, seriously. I mean, that's 007. I grew up <laughs> with uh, with all the films, you know. Yeah. And uh, by the way, my favorite was Roger Moore. Um, yes, he was my favorite Bond. I love him. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, you know, you, you can't say no if somebody turns around and says, you know, how about sticking one of your songs in a soundtrack or, you know what? I was even thinking of, you know, with my, uh, with my band, Terra Incognita, that music that we wrote, like that power, heavy, epic, uh, kind of progressive stuff. I thought it fit quite well in the world wrestling federation. Like, you All know, right. I would, I would picture like a, 
a superstar from the World Wrestling Federation coming, popping out, and like Terry Cognita blasting out on the speakers. Yeah. That's kind of, uh, but uh, this progressive stuff, I, I don't think is for, is for anything um, other than something uh, uh, quite progressive, even a movie. Why not? Absolutely. And the album cover is quite interesting. What's the story behind that then? Well, that's all Bob Katsionis. That's all my partner on that. Um, I, uh, I told him, of course, what I was thinking, uh, what I had in mind. And he's just, he just has this crazy ability to, to take what you say in words and uh, put it up and, as an icon, as a picture. He's a director, of course, of films and, and, uh, and uh, video clips and everything. So he, he knows how to key in on what you're trying to say with words. And then he, he brings it up as an icon. So I told him what you see is what we kind of discussed back and forth. We definitely wanted to go into a direction because of the album, uh, because of the content of the album. It's a concept album, so it had to be something serious. It had to be something kind of gloomy, I guess you can say. Um, and of course, uh, a lot of uh, Fate's Warning fans, um, they, they, they go straight to the uh, uh, Pleasant Shade of Grey album cover. It kind of reminds them of something like that. We kind of hit the same colors and the same uh, um, effect, that gloomy effect, like I said with the guy holding the umbrella, rain coming down and like in this like a deserted neighborhood and whatnot. And um, that's basically, you know, we had a couple of, uh, of, uh, of uh, album covers that we were going to, we were going to, but we went back forth, back and forth on, but this one was the best one from, uh, from uh, the decision we had to make. Brilliant. So can you tell us what are your plans for the rest of the year and other plans for Terra Incognita to release any music soon? All right. Well, the plan now is, uh, of course, to promote Ethical Dilemma, well, the Vasquez-Jones project. Um, I had put, uh, I have put Terra Incognita on, uh, on hold. Uh, the, the band is in, is in, uh, is in the icebox right now. Right. Um, after touring, uh, we went to the States. We went into Europe. Um, uh, we did, of course, the local scene here for many, many years. We established a great name. We came out with two albums and an EP. Uh, they, they went quite well, actually. And um, we, we kind of got to the point where it was, it was time to write the third album or take like a huge hiatus. And uh, the rest of the band members and I, you know, we got together and uh, we decided to take the hiatus because um, we were very, very tired. Like I said, from promoting uh, everything we had, uh, we had come out with album wise and uh, we were pushing hard. We were opening for great bands like uh, 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 Gravedigger, Firewind, uh, Primal Fear, Ginger. We went out. Uh, we went out supporting uh, our albums, um, uh, full blast, and it was very difficult. It was hard because um, you know we're not a huge band. We didn't have the budget. We didn't have the finances and whatnot. So it really took a lot out of us. And all of the band members, like, kind of said, "You know what? We're taking five steps back, and uh, we'll see what happens in the future." But right now, Terra Incognita is in the uh, is in the ice box. It's going to stay there for a while because I'm really loving what I'm doing with the uh, Vast Catchonis project. I think I hit the I hit the nail right on the head with this, and uh, I'm going to go forward with this straight through two, uh, 2023. Uh, like I said, been discussing with Bob already the second album. Uh, he's he's composing uh, some uh, some music on that. I'm I'm coming up with a lot of lyrics. I mean, uh, it, we're very fruitful at the moment uh, towards uh, towards uh, the second basket on this effort. Cool. That sounds awesome. So going back to playing live, then what would you say has been your best experience playing live? Best experience? Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to say something cliche, Sebastian, but it's, it's God's honest truth. When you just love to do that, when you just love to go out and perform and play in front of a crowd 
whether it's you know ten people or you know whatever five thousand people, we've done both. Um, it's it's the same for me to be quite honest with you. It's just the best in general to be able to uh, grab that microphone and start blasting away the vocals on on our material. There's no other feeling like it, and I, I just can't. I can't. I could tell you like worst moments that we. Yeah, had that's, that's my next question. That's my next question. Yeah, well, that, that, that's worst, that's more then? interesting actually. Yeah, yeah because the best stuff is best is the best. Uh, you know, just going out there and doing your thing, and uh, and just getting the 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 positive feedback from the fans and the crowds. Yeah. Worst, uh, uh, you know, from like uh, traveling and luggage being stolen or never never being delivered on time to uh, to um, uh, festivals that never even heard of us. They didn't even know we had a we had a slot. And uh, renegotiating things, have going back and forth, getting lost in the mountains of Romania, trying to find the gig um, in snow-covered highways and byways and, you know, flat tires. I mean, all the, all, like I said, this is all cliche stuff for any touring band. And yeah. that uh, a band that has been doing this for like over 20 years, like uh, uh, Tara's been doing it for like 15 years. Um, you know, all bad stuff like that, you know, like having to borrow equipment uh, uh, from other bands, you know, great bands, you know, that they totally understand and they, uh, they give up their stuff for you and, and, and uh, things like that. But, you know, like losing my voice at points, you know, trying to get cortisone shots in the, you know, in the middle of nowhere uh, to, try, to try to get the gig, uh, uh, um, to try to see the gig through, things like that. Those are like the worst moments for a, for a live performer, actually. Cool. Okay. So if you could make up a super group of musicians that are alive, including yourself, who would you who would you choose? You're telling me, you're asking me to put up an all-star band behind me yeah. so I could uh, play live? Is that what you're asking me, Sebastian? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, the list goes on and on and on. What can I say? Um, let me just, you know, right off the bat, you can, you can see I'm wearing a Face Warning shirt, which means my favorite band by far is Face Warning. So I'm going to have to have Mark Zander behind me on the drums. Uh, I'm gonna have to have my partner Bob Cationis on uh, whatever he chooses to play, or he, or he'll play both, which he does always, which is keyboards and guitars. He does both of them extremely well on stage at the same time. So I have to have him up there with me. Now on bass, uh, you're catching me in a in a very very peculiar spot because I love many many bass players, but uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with Les Claypool. Um, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's just totally incredible. If, if you're asking me for an all-star band here, yeah. and I guess the second guitarist, uh, is going to have to be, uh, George Lynch. From Dockin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I totally adore the guy. I love the guy. So that's my all-star, uh, all-star band there, Sebastian. Real. <laughs> okay. So what song do you think has the heaviest riff of all time? Uh, you mean on the album? Any, no, what, what song do you think? Has the heaviest riff of all time. Well, how about how about I tell you the the heaviest song off of Ethical Dilemma, which is the lyric video that we just came out with a couple of days ago. It's uh, it's called I Walk Alone. Yeah. And uh, every everyone's been writing to me because you said heaviest, and uh, yeah. they've been writing to us. The fans the fans of the album have been saying to us that it's by far the heaviest uh, song on the album. It's yeah. definitely the most um, non progressive, let's say, uh, song on the album. Very catchy. Uh, but uh, definitely super duper heavy, heavy stuff on uh, on that song going on. Um, heavy heaviest song. Uh, it could be something from like uh, 
Metallica to Pantera to Megadeth. I mean, uh, that's as heavy as I get, to be quite honest with you. Maybe yeah. some Slayer happening. Uh, but that's about how, as heavy as I'm going to get. Cool. Okay. Um, what was the last song you listened to then today? Today? I have to think about that because, I, quite honestly, I, I don't remember if I actually heard music today. Oh, actually, I did. I, uh, I put on uh, Sade. Yeah. I love Sade. Right, yes, okay. I do. I totally adore this woman. Every time she sings, it captivates me. I start crying for some reason. She just, <laughs> uh, she just amazes me. Yeah, her ability to make me feel this way. So I put some Sade on today uh, about oh. midday. Uh, I was cooling. I was chilling. And... Uh, it hit me, and I put put on some Sade in the house, you know, on the speakers and everything. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, so can you tell me why we should check out Eth Ethical Dilemma? Where? Where where you can find the album? No, can you tell us me? why we should check it out? Why we should check out the album? Why you should check it out? Okay. Uh, well, if you're, uh, if you're into progressive 90s-style uh, heavy metal music, it's definitely right up your alley. Um, we've been told quite honestly, by many, many fans of the album, that it fits right in between Fate's Warning, Parallels, and uh, Queensryche's uh, Operation Mindcrime, to be quite honest with you. Everyone sh puts it right into that slot, right in between those two albums. So whoever is a fan of that style that was happening back then, that's exactly what's, with, where this album belongs. So I'm, I, I'm sure that we, we won a whole bunch of progressive metal fans uh, with, uh, with uh, that on that note. But for the average metal fan, uh, there's definitely plenty to hear on this album. Uh, it's an it's a, it's a excellent effort. Like I said, it's got, you know, Bob Katsionis, a worldwide, world-renowned musician, composer. Um, I think that uh, the first two minutes of the first song is going to hook you, and it's going to get you to listen to all eight songs after that without wanting to skip anything because uh, it's just a, a whole bunch of stuff coming at you at the same time. You might even have to put it back a couple of times, the whole album, to hear things that are happening that you missed the first time. Yeah, that's so important these days, because what was Spotify? I, I hate Spotify. Um, it's difficult, isn't it, to, with, with an album, for people to actually sit and listen to an album. Like When I was growing up, that was the thing, but now it's hard. Very Absolutely, Sebastian. I agree with you 1,000%. I remember Jeff Tate, singer of Queensryche, about 15 years ago, he had, uh, he had foreseen this happening. He said, uh, you know, metal bands, uh, you know, you're going to hate me for saying this, he said, and I totally agree with him. He goes, you guys are going to have to start looking at the digital age. In other words, you know what? Um, it's, gonna, it's, it's just uh, people that select vinyl albums that go out and have that uh, perception of, of how uh, the, the, that generation would look and, and hear music. Uh, it's all digital. It's all in the computer. It's all in the, the, the iPhone, Biphone, whatever it's called. It's all in the tablet. Uh, and, you, you know, you're going to have to step up as a band and uh, uh, to understand that part of the songwriting. He was absolutely right. You know, everybody was making fun of him at that time, but I totally agree with him. Um, I hate it. He said it himself. He hated it also. But in order to survive, uh, you have to go with the flow. Um, yeah. Uh, like I said, it's, it's a double-edged sword. You get cut on the one side, but the other side really gets you to, uh, to a lot of people that you just might not be able to get to if, if, the, um, if the internet wasn't doing what it's doing. So I totally agree with you, Sebastian. I hate the whole process. 
you know, I miss opening a cassette and sticking it in a cassette player. I mean, I'm from 8-track generation. I'm from the 8-track generation. I remember having Kiss Dynasty on 8-track. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's where I'm coming from. You know, I had Black yeah. Sabbath on 8-track. But, um, you know, opening the vinyl, smelling it, exactly. putting it on play, listening to the needle, you know, crackling up in the speaker. I mean, you know, you, you, we talk about this and we get goosebumps. This generation in the past one will never understand that. So, like I said, you got to go with the flow. Uh, you'll always have the vinyl coming out and the cassette for the, the diehard fans, for the, for the collectors. But uh, we got to hit that digital age uh, head on, Sebastian. I do believe so. Definitely. Okay, so there's five questions now, Eva or Iva. So the first one is small, intimate gig or festival. Oh, wow. I've done both plenty of times. Uh, went away uh, with uh, a great, uh, great positive vibes from both. I, can't, I, I really can't pick, you know, other times I'll tell you, you know, wow, that small venue was fantastic. I mean, you know, crowd surfing and everything. And then the festivals, of course, you get to share the stage with a whole bunch of uh, great bands and uh, the backstage is, is just awesome, you know, experiences and things like that. So I'm sorry, but I really can't choose on that level. All right. You should have asked this one already, but vinyl or digital? Oh, come on. I just, I answered that about two <laughs> minutes ago. Vinyl all the way. 100%. All the way. I mean, oh, thousand percent. Even though, yeah. you know, uh, right now my, my pickup is on the fritz. It's not working. I, you know, I still open up my vinyls, you know, yeah. I still need to reminisce and get back. Like, you know, 30 years ago, what used to happen back then totally. with the vinyl? Absolutely. Totally. Saint or sinner? Holy shit. Sinner <laughs> all the way, man. <laughs> excellent next one <laughs> okay thrash metal or doom metal oh wow shit thrash metal when i was a teenager doom metal when i hit my 40s god damn it uh shit shit you you really got me on the spot sebastian you really <laughs> do because i love both i really love both genres i really do um Shit, I'm gonna have to go with thrash though. I'm gonna have to. It, it, it has half a leg up uh, on on doom metal, thrash metal. Yeah, I'm the same. And the final one, masaka or beer. <laughs> <laughs> masaka with beer, Sebastian. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank you so yeah, much for your time today. Do you have any final words for your fans, our viewers, and listeners? Thank you very, very much, like I said, again, for giving me this opportunity to uh, plug out Ethical Dilemma Vascationis. You can find us on Bandcamp uh, and on YouTube, of course. Um, just keep, keep the metal alive, man. Let's keep heavy metal alive. They're pushing us back underground with all that new metal crap and, and all that, uh, you know, uh, synchronized uh, the, uh, 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 iPods and bipods and tablets and shit like that. We got to keep our music alive. Get in the studio and record analogically not with the uh with the computers running and not yeah. with auto-tuning and not that bullshit man nobody nobody that listens to heavy real heavy metal true heavy metal wants that crap in their ears man just get in the studio and pour your heart and soul into what you're doing and the fans are definitely going to get that back <laughs>